Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. We've been going through something. Uh, some of you are guests with us today. Again, as Brother Jeffrey said, thank you for being our guest. Uh, but we've gone through a study just to kind of keep uh, bring, bring everybody up to speed uh, on the lineage, the life, and the legacy of Joseph. And I took a couple of assumptions coming into this study, and the, the couple of assumptions were this, that first of all, some people had somewhat of an idea of Joseph, whether you saw it in some type of play called Technicolor Dreamcoat, or, or you've, you've been to church before, you've heard a Sunday school lesson, you've heard a message, something about um, Joseph and the fact that he ended up having this good end to his life. And so we'll eventually get to that legacy. But uh, what we've done is we've kind of gone back in his lineage and we started at his dad. And we started learning a little bit about how his dad uh, started off his journey getting the blessing uh, that he stole from his grandfather, uh, Joseph's grandfather, Isaac. And we've looked at kind of how this has come about in, in, in um in our day and time, if it would look like that. But um, as we we're looking at today, we've already looked at Rebecca, which is Joseph's grandmother, and how she's been not too good of a, an influence, not too good of an example of a godly mother. Matter of fact, if you kind of search and look for something that, that we could get from Rebecca saying, man, she's, she had faith in, in the Lord, there's not a whole lot there to find for Rebecca. Um, so when I was thinking about this and just praying through today's service, thinking, man, uh, God, what, what do you want us to see in this? What are, what are we supposed to grab from this? And so um, one of the things that came to mind is, is grace. Um, because when I think about Mother's Day, I, I think about grace. And we think about God's grace. God's grace is beyond all human comprehension. I mean, we think about how, how much God has given to us and how little we deserve. We actually deserve nothing good. Uh, but again, as I think about mothers, I think about grace. I think about the grace that they've extended to all of us. And I think that mothers are a beautiful picture of grace. And so again, it's another reason why I love Mother's Day. Um, and the reason why I think mothers are a great picture of grace, and the reason I think about grace uh, when I think about mothers is this. By the time that we're all four or five, or 12 or 13, maybe 18, we all deserve, I think, to be sent back where we came from by our moms. That's just the truth. That's the reality. I mean, if we're, if we're honest with ourselves, that's, that's the case. And, and, and if you haven't ever heard something like this, uh, then maybe you never got in trouble. I, I, I don't know what the case is, but a lot of moms say this. I brought you into this world, and I will take you out. And as a little kid, that really scares you, right? <laughs> yeah, they did. They but again, in our, in our study, we've seen this mom that hasn't given us a great example of what a mom should be or, or what grace looks like uh, in her life. But with this, I, I think that we learn uh, moms, dads, parents, period, that we can make a lot of mistakes in this life. That we look at this story and we say, man, they messed up their life bad. And again, we can do the same exact thing. And we look at our life and we say, man, God has demonstrated his grace in my life in phenomenal ways. Through my family. And, and, and sometimes such, such ways that really blows our minds. 
And again, I think this is the case that we see with Rebecca because, as I said, she didn't demonstrate any faith in the Lord. She didn't really give us anything good that we could take from this. But when we come in, in, to this place in our study, this study that we're calling life, we see that, man, God is, is about to do something amazing in spite of the failures and the faults and the mess uh, that they've made for themselves. Again, Rebecca is Jacob's mom. It's Joseph's grandma. And she's been selfish. She's been deceptive. She has used her opportunities to benefit herself. Again, a hor I would say a horrible example of what godliness is, of, of, of what it should look like, especially for the descendants of Abraham, right? She, she's in this line, in, this, in this, this, line, this family line of what God has promised blessing to. She's helped Jacob steal the blessing from his uh, brother Esau. Now she has used her wifely influence uh, to go to Isaac, her husband, and say, look, I, I don't want Jacob to marry anybody, any foreigner in this land. I want him to go back home to my home, homeland and marry somebody in our line so that it stays true to, to, to blessings. And this is an interesting thought because someone might say, well, well there it is. She, she was a good example there. She didn't want to, 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 him to marry somebody that's a foreigner and, and outside of God's will. But we have to understand Nothing gives us indication that, Rachel, uh, uh, that Rebecca was doing this for a godly purpose. I believe that Rachel, uh, I keep saying Re Rachel, Rebecca was doing this for a very selfish purpose. She, she wanted this for herself and for her line. And this is why, again, God's grace, amazing grace, intervenes in our study. And so I want to pray, I want to get back into this and see what God has for us this morning. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you again for our mothers. Thank you for what you've done for us uh, in, in their lives and through their lives. And uh, Lord, I, I'm so thankful for uh, the ladies that are uh, standing up for you, Lord, that are living lives that are glorifying you, uh, that are abiding in your grace and, and sharing that with those around them. And uh, Lord, thank you for mothers that are uh, determined to raise their kids in your ways, Lord. Thank you for grandmothers that are uh, determined to be that godly influence as well. And this, this morning, Lord, as we look into your word and we see this message, I pray that we would take the examples, both good and bad, and that they would affect our lives. And we'd allow, allow your word uh, to work in our lives the way that you see fit. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that's lost, they've never placed their faith in Jesus Christ. They've never really understood what your grace is. Maybe they've heard about it, but they've never experienced it in a real life-changing way. I pray to, this morning Today would be that day. I pray before they leave this place, they would surrender their life to you. They would experience forgiveness. They would experience that grace. They'd experience uh, the, the, the gift that only you can give, the gift of eternal life. Lord, for those of us who have accepted that gift already, I pray that we would take note of this, that this would impact our lives as well, and we would not um, take advantage, take for granted the grace that you've given to us. So, Lord, we ask you just to move now. Use me as a vessel. Speak through me, Lord, that you'd be glorified alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter 28, if you have your Bibles, if not, you can follow with us on the screen. And verse 10 is where we're going to pick up. It says, And Jacob went out from Beersheba, went toward Haran, and he delighted upon a certain place, and tarried there all night, because the sun was set. And he took up the stones of that place, and put them for his pillows, and lay down in that place to sleep. Now, I don't know about you, but if you just read through the story, it sounds like yada, yada, yada. He's out there, and, and, and he's going through this camping experience. But let, let's, let's think about this for just a second. It's dark, right? He, he's all alone. 
Nobody's with him. It's dark. The sun has set. And he doesn't have a tent. He doesn't have an RV. He doesn't have uh, a motorhome. He doesn't have anything but just himself out there in the darkness. It, it's so alone and so bad that he has to take the stones that are around him and use the stones for pillows. Maybe there have been, but I've never been. Has anybody ever used a stone for a pillow to sleep all night long? One person, no. I mean, I've laid down on the ground before, but I don't think I've ever tried to use a stone for my pillow. That's a bad place to be, right? That's a, that, that sounds like a miserable place to be. It's dark, there's stones, there, there, there's no one there. This is what you have to deal with. Sounds like a really bad place. But the question that comes to my mind, think about this. Was this a consequence of, of fear? You know, was, was he trying, remember, he's trying to get out of Dodge because his brother wanted to kill him. His mom wanted him out of Dodge because she didn't want him killed and she wanted him to marry in, in the line. But is this a consequence of, of, of him doing it himself, of running in fear? Is this a result of the deception and lies that they've, 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 they've propagated here? And here he finds himself alone. Without shelter, without food, and again in the dark. Let's be real this morning. I know it's Mother's Day and, 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 and it's sunshiny outside and, and, and we're celebrating moms, but let, let's get real today. That's where all of us are when we're in sin. And that's where we all end up when we go our own way, amen? Alone dark, desperate. That's where we are. Now, the enemy can deceive us. He can make us believe a lot of things when we're in this place, that, that we are going to be the exception, that, that just because I did this or because I messed up or because I'm living in this or because I, I haven't accepted God's forgiveness, that it's going to be okay for me in the end. But the truth is this. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Amen. That's what it says. And so you say, man, what's going on here? Look, this is another thing the Bible says. Our our sin, our own way, always leads to loss. Proverbs 16, 25 says this. It says, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. In that moment that that Jacob and and, and Rebekah, they were were deceiving, they were stealing that blessing. When, When Esau didn't kill him, when, when it seemed that he got away with these things, when his mom sent him away and, and he was safe, apparently safe, everything appeared to be good. Everything appeared to be what Jacob wanted. Look, I, I lied, I stole, uh, I conspired, I ran, I, I, and, and now I'm, I, I'm, I'm free. I got by with it. I got away with my sin. Again, it appeared that It was going to be okay that he was getting what he wanted. But then the darkness came. The darkness came. The Bible says the sun set and he was there alone and he used the stones for his pillows. And again, if you've been a Christian for an amount of time, you you know that this is where you, you find yourself sometimes. 
When you, when you stray, when you start going your, your own way, when you start kind of going back, giving into the flesh, seeking a life to please yourself and, and, and doing things your way and just, I just want this for me and I just want this for my family, I just want this for my time. You, you, can, you can end up finding yourself in a miserable place and you say, man, I really feel lonely. There's people all around me, but I feel alone. And it feels like just darkness all around me. Point number one is, is maybe just a sobering reminder on this special day, but it's, it's, I think it's a needful reminder. It's this, that sin always has and always will lead to darkness and death. Sin always has and always will lead to darkness and death. Scripture says this in Romans chapter 6, for when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. See, before Jesus Christ, before we got saved, the truth is this, we could do no right. There's no good that we could do. The Bible says that. There's none good, no, not one. There's none righteous. There's none that doeth good. And so before we were saved, we could do nothing but sin. We could do nothing that pleased God. This is the, the, the great mistake that a lot of people make that, that reject Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They think, as long as I do enough good, a good God will let me into heaven when it's all said and done. But the great mistake is this. The Bible says there's none that doeth good. There's, there's, there's no one in their own strength, none of us. No matter if you go to church your whole life, no matter if you know all the scriptures front and back, there's nobody that can do enough good because there's no such thing as doing good outside of Jesus Christ. And so a lot of people think, well, I'll just be good. I'll just treat others the way I want to be treated. I'll just go to church. I'll just do all these good things. And again, that's the mistake. Paul, again, writing on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says when you were the servants of sin, when you were lost, you were free from righteousness. You, could, you couldn't do anything good. He says, what fruit had you then in those things whereof you're now ashamed? What, what, what did that produce? When, when you, you lived a life of sin, you were living in sin, and, 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 and that's what your life was before you were saved. But when you got saved, you were ashamed of those things you did when you were lost. And he says, then what fruit did they have? He says, because the end of those things is death. The end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become the servants of God, you have your fruit unto holiness in the end, everlasting life. Look, when you, now that you're a, a, a child of God and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and you have the righteousness of Christ on you, you live and your life produces holiness. It brings glory to God in the end of that life in Jesus Christ is everlasting life. And then he explains, because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you're here this morning and you've never given the control of your life to God, you must know this. This is, if you don't hear anything else, if you're here and you've never given control of your life to Jesus Christ, this is what you have to know. Regardless of how good things may appear, Regardless of how maybe good your life looks on the outside, good circumstances are around you. My family is healthy. I have a good job. We have a home. We drive a good car. We, we have a good life. Regardless of all that stuff, darkness and death are on the horizon. And I'm not saying this to be a downer on this Mother's Day. I'm not saying this to, to, to be, uh, bring darkness to this service. But honestly, to bring a loving message, a loving warning 
that you must turn to Christ to rescue you from that reality. Because he's the only hope. Jesus Christ is the only hope to rescue us from the darkness, to rescue us from the despair, to rescue us from that sin. He's the only hope. He's the only answer. What does that look like? It looks like this, repentance. A, a, A life that's lived for sin, a life that's living in rebellion against God and turning to God who sent his son to die on the cross for that sin, who rose from the grave, again, to give us eternal life. It's the only solution. So if you're here and you're trying to just be good, if you're here and you can't, maybe you're a guest today and you say, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to try to do a good thing. Listen, it is a good thing to come to church, but listen, at the end of the day, that's not going to get you to heaven. Being a good person, trying to be good, treat others right, treat others the way you want to be treated. It's not going to get you there. You say, yeah, but then if, if I'd live my life like that, why would God send me away? God doesn't want to send you away. That's why he sent his son to die in your place. You see, again, to, to try to do it on your own is, 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 a, is a vain effort because we can't do any good, the Bible says. Scripture tells us that There's this condemnation that already exists on every person that's old enough to understand what sin is. The Bible says this, that sin is the transgression of the law. So God's law is holy, it's perfect. God is holy, he's perfect. He sets the standard, and and when we break his law, that's sin. So I I don't know if I'm living in rebellion against God. Why, Why would you say I'm living in rebellion against God? Again, it's the condemnation that exists on everybody who's old enough to know. That when you steal something from somebody, that's sin. When you lie, that's sin. When you use God's name in vain, that's sin. That judgment abides on everybody's head that doesn't have Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. John chapter 3, beautiful set of scripture says this in verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What a beautiful scripture. Verse 17 though it goes on to say for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus didn't come so that people would go to hell. Jesus came so that people could go to heaven. He sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And now listen to verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. There's no judgment on any of us who have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, who have believed in him for salvation alone. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Why for those who don't believe in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, why is there already condemnation on their head? Listen. Because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So for those who have turned from sin and turned to trust Christ in faith. If you you have done that, if you've turned from sin to Jesus Christ. And you're here this morning and maybe you find yourself having turned back to sin. Is I, I'm not living for the Lord the way I'm supposed to. I'm not, I'm not pursuing Christ like I once did before. I'm not, I'm not living for him and serving him the way, the, 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 the forgiveness he's given, the grace he's given, the eternal life he's given. I'm not living for him the way I'm, I'm I, I honestly look like, maybe more like Jacob in my life. Maybe, you, maybe you're here and, and your life looks like you've turned back to serve your own flesh. You're doing what you want to do, what pleases you. 
Or maybe you've turned back to serve the world. But you know you're a Christian. Then Christian, know that there's darkness ahead. Even death, not, not eternal death, but consequences and chastisement are sure. If you're truly a child of God, it's coming. And you've got to know that. Heed the loving warning. Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. If you're there and you say, man, I, I, I have messed up. I was living for the Lord, and now I'm not living for the Lord. I, I just don't know that God will forgive me. Listen, where, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. There's nothing that, that any person in this room could do that could go beyond the grace of God. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you've never surrendered your life to him, please know this. You, you can't be bad enough that God couldn't forgive you. You couldn't do enough wrong and commit enough sin that God's grace couldn't cover it. I don't know anybody in here who's ever been a, a, a serial persecutor, killer of Christians in particular. I don't know if anybody in here, I, I don't think so. <laughs> but the Apostle Paul was. The person writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, th these verses right here. They said, God couldn't forgive me for all the bad I've done. You're wrong. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. It's the only way. It's through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Paul then turns around and asks the question, if that's the case, if, if everywhere sin is, and the bigger the sin is, the greater the grace is, what, what do we do then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? So we just continue on in our sins so that we continue to experience God's grace? He's talking about willfully. Listen to his answer. God forbid. That answer means this. May it never be. God forbid. If we've been forgiven of sin and we're not living in sin anymore and we realize that where sin exists, grace does much more abound, we don't say, oh, well, I'm just going to keep sinning so that God's favor just keeps pouring in my life. No. He says, absolutely not, and here's the reason why. How shall, how shall we? How can we do that? That are dead to sin, live any longer therein. So if you're here and you say, I, I've been forgiven, I'm a child of God, I've, I've put my faith in Jesus Christ, yet I'm just kind of doing my own thing right now. How can you live in sin that you're dead to? And so I'm just experiencing God's grace right now. Listen. Darkness is ahead. See, when, when, as I'm going to recap again. Jacob, Jacob left. He stole the blessing. He ran. He got, away, he got away with it. I mean, Rebecca, go, son, go, son, go. Run. Go marry. You know? I mean, they, they thought, we got away with it. It's great. We've got the blessing. No debt. His brother didn't kill him. Everything's wonderful. Hey, we got by with it. And then the darkness came. And the loneliness was there. And the, the pillars of stone were there. 
Let today be a reminder of what God has done. But let it also be a call to attention of the direction that we're going. And if it's not the right one, if you're here and you say, man, I've, I, I'm a child of God, I know that. I know I'm saved, I know I'm going to heaven, but there's no doubt, Brother Kyle, that, that I'm not going the right direction right now. Then let it be a call to attention today. The special day, the special day where we honor mothers, where we're reminded of, of, of how amazing God's grace is through our mothers. Let, let's, let this be an attention getter. Let's turn back the right way, the Jesus way. See, again, Jacob at, at this point had done it his way. And here he was in this lonely place, in this dark place. Again, once again, with rocks at, at his pillows. And I think if we were to ask Jacob, if we could go back 3,700 years and ask him, hey, Jacob, would you have done anything different? You know what I believe? I believe Jacob would have said this, absolutely. I would have absolutely done things differently. See, I thought I had to steal. I thought I had to do things my way to get what I wanted in this life. When I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that I had this good, good father that wanted to pour out blessings in my life, that wanted to provide for me, that wanted to give me things that I could never get for myself. And so I thought I could just make it happen for myself. And man, I found myself in a miserable, lonely, dark place. I would absolutely do things differently. And the reason why I think that he would have done that is because what, because what happens next in the story. Look at it in verse 12. Yeah, verse 12. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. It's what many people refer to as far as Jacob's ladder. And behold, the angels of God ascending and, descend, uh, ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father, the God of Isaac, the land where, whereon thou liest to give um, to thee will I give it. And to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and the south. Listen to what he says. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Holy moly. I mean, think about this. Jacob had just stolen. He just lied. He just ran in fear. He's alone. He's in darkness. And yet, he's having this dream where God's revealing to him, I'm about to bless your life. I can, I can do this, and I'm about to do this in your life. What did Jacob do to deserve it? Nothing so far. Jacob has done nothing to deserve what God is revealing to him in, in this dream. And look what he says, And behold, I'm with thee, and will keep thee. I'll protect thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. God is here. God, God is in this place, and I, I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't conscious of it. I was going my own way. I was doing my own thing. I was saturated with my own will and wanting to do things my way. I wasn't aware that God was here, that God wanted to do something greater in my life that I could ever do for myself. I wasn't aware of it. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? There is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at first, at the first. 
house of God. Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way, will protect me in the way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I set for a pillow shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee the tenth unto, give the tenth unto thee. Wow. What, a, what an amazing Stories. I, I don't know about you, but when, when I go through this, every time I go through this, it blows my mind. I'm thinking, let's, let's remember, in, in human, human thought, Jacob just lied. He just stole. I mean, he, he, he took advantage of his, 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 his aging dad who couldn't see and, and, and didn't realize these things. I mean, he's, he's been completely selfish and self-centered and, and done what was going to please him. And he's really trying to work out his life. And his mom was completely on board with it pushing and urging and, 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 and working it all out herself. And he's here and alone, and he doesn't deserve anything good. He's there in the darkness with, his, with a stone as his pillow, and that's what he deserves. In our human mindset, that's exactly what Joseph deserves. That's right, you deserve that stone for a pillow. You messed up. How dare you treat your dad like that? How dare you treat your brother like that? How dare you lie and, and, and do all the stuff that you're doing? You deserve to be alone in the darkness. That's the way we think. And then God shows up in this moment. He says, listen, I can do something in your life, and I'm going to do something in your life that you can't even imagine. And it shows us God's grace and love is extended to him. And Jacob responded. But it brings us, and it points out point number two this morning, Something so important for us to remember that grace always has and always will be right on time. If you've, again, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time and, and you've turned your back, you've, you've backslid, you've gotten to a bad place, a dark place before, and you found yourself there, you found yourself alone and dark, and you, you've really messed it up. And, and it may not be something that's big, bold, and outside. It just may be a matter of you not engaging the body of Christ anymore. You don't come to church. You don't read your Bible. You don't talk to God. You don't do anything for God. You're completely separated from the Lord and his will and the direction he has for your life. And you find yourself alone and dark and miserable. And, and you're like, why? I should, be, I should have peace. I, I should have joy. I'm a Christian. I've got family. I'm blessed. But I feel so alone. I feel so dark. If you've ever experienced that, and you're here today, chances are, unless you're still there right now, chances are you've experienced what we're talking about. God's grace coming in. And not, you not being able to explain it. I don't even understand this. Why did God bless me like this? Why, did, why, did God, why is he good to me like this? The Bible says the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Sometimes we experience that those good things in the, in the midst of our darkness, and it snaps us. What am I doing? Why am I living my life like this? For the first time, Jacob expresses his faith in God through this vow of trust, and he, and, he, and he backs it up with this tithe. Now, I know that's a sore spot. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got through Mother's Day to talk about money. Wait a second. It's not about that. Remember, this is his response to God's grace, God's unmerited favor. Jacob didn't deserve anything but darkness and death, and yet 
God showed this grace in this time, in this moment, and Jacob responded in faith. And guess what? His faith was substantiated by his works, exactly what his grandfather Abraham did. I'm not, I'm not going to read all of it, but in James chapter 2, it says this. Verse 18, I, I want to read a couple. It says this, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works, but show me your faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there's one God, you do well. The devils also believe, and they tremble. The devils know that there's a God, but they haven't placed their faith in God. And then he says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar, Jacob's dad? See, God showed up, ex extending his grace. And understand this, I'm about to close. There's, there's some that foolishly, foolishly assume that they can continue in rebellion against God and that God's just going to show them grace when they want it and how they want it because he did it for Jacob and he did it for Isaac. Listen, foolish assumption and abuse of God's grace can be a serious mistake. Some people say, I'm just going to wait till I, till I die. And then I'll give my, my life to Jesus. We have no guarantee of tomorrow. Listen, we can really mess things up in our life as the musicians make their way. We can really make a mess of our life. But the beauty of the grace of God is so overwhelming. No, Jacob didn't deserve this chance. Jacob didn't deserve this opportunity that, to experience the blessings of God after what he had done. But guess what? Neither knew any of us. None of us do. This overwhelming grace is often vividly displayed in our lives. This, this, this grace that God shows us is displayed in so many different ways. And I said earlier, I think it's, it's, it's apparently clear what God's grace looks like in our mothers. I remember several instances of my mom's grace. I've shared some stories like that before. I think I've shared this story before, but I'll just share it with you again in case you weren't here when you heard it the first time. We were three young boys, dirty, active. You know, we would come in and, you know, it, I, I, I have my memory of what it was, but I can only imagine now that I have kids what it was like for my mom. And we were boys. We've got two girls. And, and sometimes Rochelle's like, you girls are such a mess. So I can't imagine what it is, what it was like for three boys. Um, but there was this time that we had a come to Jesus meeting. And it was because we were leaving towels in the bathroom floor. And none of us wanted to admit who it was or none of us remembered who it was or whatever. And we just, I guess, took our showers and dumped our towels in the floor and, of course, as the video showed, you know, mom's the laundry keeper. She does all this, the cleaning and all this kind of stuff. And she had had enough of, of, of us just throwing our stuff in the floor when we can simply put it on a hanger or put it in the dirty clothes. That's what she wanted us to do. But guess what we were not doing? Not doing what she had asked us to do. We were throwing it in the floor still. So she said, the next time that y'all throw your towels in the floor, you're going to get a spanking. Evidently, that message didn't resonate with us. Because somebody, I think it was Sean, kept his towel. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, somebody threw their towel, or all of us threw our towels, I don't know, on the floor. Mom found the towels on the floor. You're welcome. 
So we, we get, she comes in there, she says, all right, to my room. She marches in there, and, uh, you know, the way it was done, it was done one at a time. So I, from oldest to youngest usually, so I get to hear the terror going inside before I go in there. So uh, that's why I try to learn as much as I could while I could to avoid that. So, um, but th this was different. She, she lines us up, and, and we start going in there one by one, and they come out, and something's different. Something's different as they're coming out because they're not like crying or they're not like red-faced or anything like that. It's different. And so now I'm even more scared. Now I'm thinking, was it me? You know, did the older brothers tell them, you know, what happened? And, and so I go in there, and my mom has the belt, hands on the bed. And, I, you know, the way I was then, I was already done. I was already, you know. You know, I'm just gritting and bearing it, and here she comes, and she just barely touches me. And that's one of those things where you don't know what to do. <laughs> You're like, did she lose her grip? or Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you know. She turns around and, 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 and hugs me and, and says, I'm, I'm going to give you mercy. But stop putting y'all's towels on the floor. And to this day, however, 30 years later or whatever, I still remember that extension of grace and mercy. And so as I said, moms are like that in so many different ways. I'm so thankful for our moms. You mothers out there are so special. Y'all make an impact in ways that um, words really can't explain. And so, again, I want to say thank you. God has given you this influence. He's given you this opportunity to show grace. That's a beautiful picture of God's grace for us. And I want to encourage all you mothers to take advantage of that. Let's remember that. On this Mother's Day, let's make sure that we remember that sin brings us darkness and death, but God's grace is always on time. And let's not abuse it. Let's not take, take it for granted. Let's live a life that's glorifying to Him in response to that grace. Let's live in victory in that grace and see what God does through our lives. If you never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you today, don't, don't leave this place without doing that. Make sure that you know that heaven's going to be your eternal home. Please don't go out of this place, get in that car, get on those crazy streets without knowing for sure that heaven's going to be your home. And if you have done that, as I said, maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you've not been abiding in the grace that he's blessed you with. Maybe today, you can, on this Mother's Day, as you're reminded of God's grace, you can turn back and say, you know what? I'm going to give God more. I'm going to turn back and go the right direction again. Let him use my life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to be here again. Again, we thank you for our mothers. Thank you for all of the ladies that are here. God, you've, you've blessed us with amazing people, and we're thankful for them. We're thankful for the example that they set, thankful for the grace they extend in our lives. Lord, again, it gives us that picture of your grace in our lives. And I pray that this morning we would respond to your word, Lord, that we'd be reminded that sin, uh, it, it may have pleasure for a season, but it brings darkness and death. It's not worth pursuing. Lord, if there's someone here that's lost, I pray they'd come to salvation today. I pray that you move now in Jesus' name.